0: Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles.
1: New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers.
0: We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown,
2: 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Hey, it's sort of an emergency pod. You heard it. That's Candlestick Chronicles. On the Blue Wire Podcast Network, he's Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. And we're talking about Raheem Mostert today in a semi-emergency fashion. It's It's not not, a full-on emergency. Yeah, it's not 911, but it's definitely like... It's not, I, I'm going to use this because I don't want to, I don't want to bring up actual danger, but Chris, we were batting this analogy around and I think it's a good one. It's an emergency. Like we definitely woke up late for work, but right. maybe like you normally wake up at six and you woke up at six 20. Like you just got to kind of hustle up to, to get through your morning routine Maybe you skip a couple things and and you do a normal drive to work.
1: Yeah, I, I like that uh, metaphor. I also like the idea of like if you're in the mountains or in a cabin or something and there happens to be a bear outside, you like get inside. It's kind of serious, but you're not like fearing for your life. Like if you get inside, you're generally safe and you could call somebody if you need to. But it's not it's not a crazy emergency. There's just a bear outside. and You got to be aware of it.
2: It's an emergency that you're comfortable recording on your phone.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and that's how we're all sort of treating this Raheem Mostert trade demand, I think.
2: So if if you've been living under a, a rock or keeping away from 49ers news, Raheem Mostert's agent, Brett Tesler, yesterday afternoon, uh, a little bit after 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific time, tweeted after months of unproductive talks to 49ers about failure fairly adjusting Raheem Mostert's contract which paid him for special teams we have requested a trade disappointing that it would come to this for a guy who led all NFL running backs in yards per carry and helped lead them to the Super Bowl number one Chris that reads like Raheem Mostert led all NFL running backs to the Super Bowl (laughs)
1: well in fairness to Brett Tesler like I think writing is a very, very low on the priorities in terms of the way he does his job. He doesn't have to do a whole lot of writing.
2: I think that's probably correct. A lot of reading. Yeah,
1: but like we should talk about, you know, Raheem Mostert signed last summer or last offseason, excuse me, a a three year, eight point seven and a half million dollar contract. To me, that indicates he's more than a special teams player. Right, because a lot of special teams players will just get the minimum. So I don't know that that's necessarily correct, but I do agree from the stand like with with the idea that Mostert is underpaid relative to the other running backs. And that's the other point that um Ian Rappaport tweeted soon after Tesler tweeted. He said, um, he spoke with Tesla Sports about Raheem Mostert and his trade demand from the 49ers. His request was simply to bring Mostert in line with the highest paid running backs on the team. Tevin Coleman makes four and a half million in 2020. And that's where Mostert wants to be. He has two years left on his deal. So Mostert is essentially asking for a raise in the neighborhood of a million to $2 million. Four and a half would put him um, at a $2 million raise, sure. I think for, for the season. So it's not a crazy ask, um, the 49ers could afford it under normal circumstances. I don't know that they're going to love, uh, well, we'll go through, we'll go through the case for Mostert and for the team, because I think looking at this thing, I understand both sides of it. And I don't know I it your opinion on this situation, on this holdout basically comes down to whether you're pro player generally or pro team, because you can make cases that go both ways. I don't think one side is particularly in the wrong here. Um but, you know, it's it's a little bit troubling because, you know, this was the guy projected to be the 49ers number one running back who had 420 yards and four touchdowns in the NFC title game. And so it's a big deal from that standpoint. 20 yards. Yeah. Sorry, wow. 220 <laughs> <laughs> Did I 220 yards. That's funny. Um so, so you know this is kind of a big deal from that standpoint, but it is and it isn't, and we'll talk about all the reasons why.
2: Yeah, so let's let's talk about the case for Raheem Mostert here, who led the Forty ers with seven hundred seventy-two yards last season. He was tied for the team lead with one hundred and thirty-seven carries. I, I I think that for Mostert. You have to throw the volume out the window. I heard someone making the case that Mostert is the 25th highest paid running back. And he was 23rd in yards. So that's about right. But I don't think you can look at it like that because he was so incredibly efficient last year. He averaged 5.6 yards per carry in the regular season, 6.3 in the postseason. He had touchdowns in each of the final six games, including two at Seattle to, to help beat the Seahawks and clinch the NFC West title. He was arguably the 49ers' most important offensive player toward the end of the season and into the playoffs, and they leaned heavily on him to get into the Super Bowl. And even in the Super Bowl, he only had 12 carries, but he went for 58 yards and a touchdown. So if you're Mostert, you've proven that you can be a productive back on the biggest stage for a Super Bowl team. And you're looking at Tevin Coleman, who you're better than, and saying, hey, I should be making as much as that guy. Plus, Mostert's 28. And... In NFL running back years, with the exception of Frank Gore, that's getting up there quite a ways. And Mostert probably doesn't have a, a lucrative three-plus-year deal coming at the end of this contract with the 49ers.
1: No. And, I mean, the the snag here is he just signed a new deal last offseason, too. Right. And so the 49ers absolutely do not want the precedent to be set that anybody who signs a new deal and then outperforms it in year one could and should demand a new contract. That's just not, that's not smart business by them. And keep in mind, like the relationship between team and player is impacted by how competitive these teams are. And, and when I say that, I mean, they're looking for every edge they can possibly get from a team building perspective, because that's their way of, of winning championships is building teams. And, and, that's sort of outside the bubble of the relationship between the team and player. Right. So like generally there's a relationship between John Lynch and the players and the coaches and the players, and they all, you know, have great relationships and get along, but that doesn't necessarily carry over into contract negotiations. Like that's not what Parag Marate's job is necessarily is like, Oh, Kyle Shanahan gets along really well with player X and really loves what he brings to the culture we're going to pay him more. Now there are absolutely cases to that, but that might be an area where the coaching staff and or front office might disagree a little bit on the valuation of a player. And for a player going to, you know, going to the front office and requesting a raise or whatever, like the team is going to maintain that competitiveness because they're like, you know, they're, they'll say, they were probably not saying it to Mostert's face, but behind closed doors, they're like, look, we have Kyle Shanahan who for a long time in this league has turned out productive running back after productive running back who doesn't come from anywhere. Like that is a staple of Kyle Shanahan and Bobby Turner going all the way back even to to Mike Shanahan, like Terrell Davis classic example Raheem Mostert is another one of these guys and the Shanahan's have proven over and over again that they could find them a, and identify them. And the 49ers are saying, you know, behind closed doors. That's a big advantage for us. The fact that we have to pay all these other guys, but we don't have to pay running backs because we could find them essentially off the scrap heap. And because of our system and because of the way we identify them, we can have a really good productive running game to complement our really good defense, right? So if you're the Niners and you're saying we want to win a Super Bowl, we have no idea what the financial situation is going to be at going to be like next year, then you're not giving out new contracts to anybody really and and there you know nobody is signing new contracts anywhere in the league because of covid and the potential loss of revenue incoming this season and everything like that now there's going to be money available down the line as the tv the new tv deals kick in but for right now it's like basically the entire league is in a spending freeze with the exception of the Kansas City Chiefs and, uh, and so it's, it's really tough for players to be like, I want to raise and, and you know, the Niners are like, we just gave you a new contract last
2: offseason. And FYI, Raheem Mostert, not as important as Patrick Mahomes. My, my opinion, <laughs> my opinion, my thought. So that's, that's kind of the big overarching thing here is the 49ers, Let's say it's $2 million. I I know that I've seen different numbers on what it would take to exactly match Tevin Coleman, but let's call it $2 million is, is what Mostert is looking for here. The Niners could very easily find a way to free up $2 million in cap space by restructuring <coughs> someone's deal or converting some money somewhere and paying Raheem Mostert what he wants to be paid. But for reasons that you just laid out, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's really waiting to see with with George Kittle, whether it is not wanting to set a precedent. There are so many reasons that the Niners would be like, no thanks, not right now. Uh, And Mostert, frankly, doesn't have a ton of leverage. I don't think... I don't think there's going to be teams super eager. Like teams aren't paying running backs at all right now, much less a 28 year old who has 170 carry sample size in the NFL.
1: Totally agree. So let's, let's look at it this way. And this is sort of how we planned it out was we would go through um, Mostert's case, why he wants to do this, take a quick break and and then we'll do the Niners case and, and where they stand. And we've already touched on some of these things. so We can dig in a little bit deeper for Mostert. I mean, we can make the case. Yeah, he's not he's not as well paid as Tevin Coleman. Um, I think it was somewhat of a surprise that Tevin Coleman remained on the roster this offseason and the team decided to trade Matt Breida. Uh I think you could have made the case that Coleman was was the most expendable of the guys that they had at that position because of the money he makes and the fact that, you know, four and a half million a year, it's not a whole lot. Um, but you know, do you, can, can you use that money elsewhere? And the 49ers obviously are up against it. It led to, you know, from a salary cap standpoint, which led to the decision to trade DeForest Buckner. So they're very much in a situation where they have more guys to pay than they can afford. Right. So right. Coleman would have made sense to get rid of and clear that cap room and, and create some spending money possibilities elsewhere. Uh, they ended up trading Matt Brita because Brita didn't really play a whole lot down the stretch in particular. Um, and they got a pretty decent pick for him. A fifth round pick for an undrafted running back is a, is a pretty good business. Um, the issue with like, so Mostert, he, for, this was from ESPN. He led the NFL in touchdown runs from week 12 uh, throughout the postseason, averaged six yards per carry in his career. Over six point three yards in the postseason. Um, obviously, two hundred and twenty yards, four touchdowns in the t- NFC title game. Um, there's no ga- There's no guaranteed salary, which is problematic. Like Mostert could suffer an injury in training camp, say, and then really be out a lot of money. Which I think is what this ultimately comes down to: the fact that. He's going into the season with two years left on his deal and doesn't have a whole lot of security or insurance from an injury. And if he were to say, you know, suffer a season ending injury in training camp, which is very possible because we know how Achilles and um, you know, other injuries like that, tendon injuries, soft tissue injuries can happen in a unique off season like this, where nobody's been on a football field. It makes sense from that standpoint. Like I don't have any guaranteed money and I'm going to go and risk practicing and maybe, you know, something bad happens to to my leg and then I'm done for the year and then all of a sudden next year I'm a 29 year old running back probably not getting more than a minimum deal if if you know I still survive this contract that I have um so that's a big thing for Mostert which I totally get uh he has a small child that's obviously part of it um I will never criticize anybody for trying to get as much money and and maximize their earning power in the you know the prime of their life you mentioned Raheem Mostert's 28 Um, And I do think it's totally fair for him to want to be paid like Tevin Coleman is. But I also see where the 49ers are coming from and that why they might have drawn a hard line at some point this offseason during these negotiations.
2: Yeah, and if if I think this probably started, at least in earnest, when the 49ers traded Brita, because all of a sudden the Niners, instead of divvying up carries between Brita, Mostert and Coleman, uh, are, are now down to essentially Mostert and Coleman. And I know Jeff Wilson has a role and I know they have Salvin Ahmed and, and Jamichael hasty, but of guys who have performed in the NFL, the Niners numbers were, were suddenly down quite a ways. And I think that's maybe where Mostert thought he had some leverage. And I think, I think he does, uh, in, in, in a vacuum because the, the Niners can't the Niners aren't going to find hmm. I can see where he would look at what he did last year and say that was special I'm going to duplicate that and they're not going to find somebody else who can duplicate what I did so you see where he he would consider or think he had leverage um but at the rate it, it, i mean at, at the rate the niners churn out productive running backs it's it, it's it feels a little bit delusional but you can see why they would be making that case
1: yeah so let's take a quick break and and we'll dive into more 49ers reasons and and where they stand in a second Guys, sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events with Bet Online. Uh, get in, get in the action for this week's big UFC fight, or check out the odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the EPL English Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back. Bet Online has futures odds, including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code bluewire to receive your new welcome bonus that's promo code bluewire all one word bet online your online wagering experts so the 49ers are coming at this from a standpoint of like we mentioned we have one of the best running games in the league sort of regardless of who is playing running back Clearly, Raheem Mostert was the team's most productive running back down the stretch last year. Um, But I think Kyle Shanahan, and this speaks to the way Mostert was used, I think they you, they view Mostert as half of a tandem. I don't think they have viewed Mostert, maybe aside from the NFC title game, as an every down back, like that they can rely on to, you know, I, I don't. I don't think they were going to give Raheem Mostert 20 touches a game right. uh, this next season based on what he did off last year. I think his role would have remained the same. He would have got anywhere from 10 to 15 touches, um, got a good number of yards because he is a really efficient runner, and the 49ers are a really good zone outside zone run-blocking team when you have George Kittle and your tackles on the edges and Kyle Usechek and your receivers block like they do, the Niners are just a really good bl- uh, blocking team for their running game. And I would expect that to be better because they're going to have another year of experience within the system. So I think they view Mostert as somebody that, like you said, he only had 127 carries last year. I just don't think he's going to be somebody that they've in their minds that is going to be in every down back. And they might not want, to be in a situation where they have an every down back. So I think that's part of it. And, you know, it's, and also like we mentioned the precedent, but I think it's a big deal worth reiterating. Like they can't be having guys who just signed new contracts, come back demanding raises every time that happens. And if you yield to one guy, you know, you're going to have to start yielding to other guys. And if you just don't let that conversation happen once, then you're, you know you're you're going to set a tone, and uh, it's going to be easier for you to manage expectations. I think.
2: Yeah on the on the subject of Mostert getting getting twenty carries or twenty touches a game, I think that's the big one of the big sticking points. Is as good as he is as a runner, he's not a great pass blocker, and he's not a great receiver. He had 180 receiving yards last year, and 152 of them came after the catch. There's a lot of screens and just kind of quick stuff out of the backfield. Right. He's not a player that they can split out into the slot or split out wide and have him be an effective receiver. So if he's going to be in the game, I think it it maybe skews what the Niners uh, – want to do or or, or skews uh, their, their tendency a little bit more than than Kyle Shanahan would want to. And that's fine when the running back is ripping off six or six and a half yards of carry. But still, they I, I don't think that that's the type of player they want in for 90% of the offensive snaps because it, it limits their versatility a little bit on offense and, and it limits their ability to keep defenses guessing. So, that's another thing with Mostert, while the rushing totals or the rushing numbers, the efficiency numbers were really good last year, there, it, this isn't a flawless running back like a Christian McCaffrey type or, or something like that where he can do a little bit of everything. This is a guy who's who was a really good runner and, and pretty average to below average at everything else.
1: Yeah, and if you're the Niners, you say, all right, if Raheem Mostert wants to get traded then why don't we pick up somebody like Devontae Freeman, right? Who we know Mm -hmm. can, can play for Kyle Shanahan and be effective in that system. Now Freeman is older and has more wear and tear, but like there, there are a lot of running backs, free agent running backs who are available who might fit. Um, you know, Lamar Miller is still 29, uh, Theo Riddick's 29, maybe somebody who can catch more out of the backfield. Um, you know, like there are guys out there that, you could theoretically say would make sense and and be decent values just given that they're still available at this point in the offseason so i just yeah the 49ers aren't operating from from a place of like it's an it's it's a really big deal if we don't have raheem Mostert. i think obviously he fulfilled a very specific role but i'm with you in that i don't know that he could he could expand his game beyond that role of being the slashing outside running back um
2: it feels and... like it feels like it feels like two in an expanded role i don't know if he would because i know he had double digit carries in in the final five games of the year plus the playoffs or final six games plus the playoffs but i don't know that he would be able to to stay as efficient as he was carrying the ball 15 plus times a game over a whole season
1: agree Agree, because you start taking more hits to your legs, your legs get a little bit more tired, and then all of a sudden that explosiveness and that speed that Mostert's known for is no longer there. Um, So, yeah, like, and and I think this is also a sign that the 49ers really do believe in Jarek McKinnon. Um, And you mentioned, you know, somebody who could line up in the slot or catch more passes out of the backfield beyond just screens and, and bubbles and things like that. Look, I I watched McKinnon before the knee injury in training camp, and he was being used all over the place. He was a focal point of the offense heading into 2018. And then, of course, he tore his ACL a week before week one. But, you know, like he was somebody that theoretically could have been available to them after having surgery to to repair the graft that he had in his knee that that kind of got screwed up last summer like he could have been somebody who was who was available to them in November, December, but they decided to play it safe in that. All right. You know, we it makes more sense rather than to try to ramp you up so quickly after ramping you up quickly last summer to give you more extended time off to recover. Um. So I think McKinnon's health is less of a less of an issue for the 49ers right now, given it's been so much time since the initial injury it'll be over two years since he played and I know that's problematic to say like they're relying on a guy who hasn't played in two years but I think they're confident in his health because they've seen him work out they obviously are well aware of his situation and have all the medical records and everything like that so to me the Niners are very confident in Jarek McKinnon and that might be another reason Right. And you talked about or you mentioned to Michael Hasty, um, Jeff Wilson, Jr., an expanded role might be more productive. He certainly isn't the same type of player as Mostert. But if you believe that Jarek McKinnon is going to be good, then you're you're sitting from a position of, well, why am I giving Raheem Mostert this big raise he wants a year after he already got his three year contract? Right. I mean, that's that's sort of how I see it. If if I'm the 49ers or that, you know, that's that's the impression I get about the way they feel about McKinnon. Now, whether or not that's the right, the right way to feel about McKinnon is a whole nother issue. But um, I guess that remains to be seen. But from what I've gathered, it's it seems like everybody's pretty positive about what McKinnon could bring them this year, despite not playing the last two.
2: So let's let's get out of here on on this Week one, whenever that is, it's scheduled for September 13th, but we'll see. <laughs> so week one, date TBD, is Raheem Mostert playing for the 49ers? I have a two-part question, so this is the first part of it. Is Raheem Mostert playing for the 49ers? Second part, is he on a different contract? Um, so I think
1: what the 49ers would tell, um, Brett Tesler and Raheem Mostert is, okay, you have, you have our permission to go seek out a trade with another team and find a team that will not only give us this price, um, but will pay you the contract that you're looking for. And I think for all the reasons we've already talked about. Um, just the fact that this is an unprecedented off season, we're already in July training camp scheduled to start in a few weeks that there's going to be a relatively cold market for, for Raheem Mostert, like teams will be like, okay, well, we'd be willing to pay you, but we got to give up a fifth round pick to get you. Like that doesn't make sense really from our standpoint, if you're another team. Right. Right. Um, and that's probably what it's going to take. If you're the 49ers, it's, it's probably going to be a fifth. Like you don't, you know, you, it would be tough for, for Raheem Mostert to make this argument like I'm this valuable. And then for the 49ers to say, all right, then we're looking for a fifth round pick. If you are that valuable, And you know, so like that's going to make him even more difficult to trade. So I think ultimately they're going to find that the trade market is cold um, and I think they could come to an amicable agreement to stick around, guarantee more of his money um so he can at least go into training camp and not have to worry about a season ending injury really costing him millions and millions of dollars um but i can i can confidently say that the 49ers are not happy that this went public and so i wonder if there will be any resentment sort of harbored um from that perspective because you know the the 49ers obviously like any NFL team or most NFL teams want this stuff to stay in in in-house but no like I I I think the market's going to be cool I I don't think there's going to be a team that wants to give the 49ers a draft pick and pay Mostert um and I think the 49ers will say hey man if you if you don't want to come you don't have to come you're just going to get fined and ultimately not paid and not uh accrue a season if you hold out for a certain amount of time so I I do think you know and maybe he does get traded But the feeling like the the feeling I get and this isn't a report, this is just speculation on my part. The feeling I get is he's he's going to stick around. And if he gets traded, I don't think it's nearly as big of a deal as um, a lot of other people do, because I do believe the 49ers can have a competent offense and a competent running game without him.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think I think that, too. I do think he plays for the 49ers next year. I do think they wind up giving him a bump in pay, but it wouldn't surprise me if it didn't make him match coleman like if if they throw a million bucks on the situation and and call it good and then if he performs at that level again as the team's number one back uh you know maybe they they talk about a longer term bigger extension next year but this is just the wrong time to to do this for a running back man it's the wrong era of football right it's in the middle of a pandemic he's 28 years old like this is there there are so many things stacked against Raheem Mostert in this situation that I, I just I, I really don't think he's gonna get get the deal he wants in a trade and I think he ultimately uh, does wind up suiting up for the Niners again
1: yeah in my in my opinion I think he overplayed his hand and probably would have been better off waiting for this discussion after next season because he has a really like if he stays with the 49ers as their primary back, he has a really good opportunity to post really big numbers and then come back to the negotiating table and say, all right, like now I have value on the trade market because I just put together, a, you know, 1400 yards from scrimmage and 11 touchdowns and, you know, was a really important player for you guys. If you don't want to pay me, I want to be traded. And he would actually have some leverage in that scenario, but because you know he has basically half of a season plus a nice playoff run to to show for it, it's a little bit tough. It's a little bit tough, like you mentioned, because running backs today just don't get paid. And you you can look at um, Le'Veon Bell. You can look at uh, Gordon with the Chargers, who's now you know with with the Broncos. Um, I I don't think unless you're Christian McCaffrey and you impact the passing game as much as he does and can play a hundred percent of the snaps and be the featured guy, then, you know, like if you're not that guy, you're not getting a big contract. If you're a running back, you're just not. And it's, it's unfortunate, but you have to be a difference maker in all facets in order to get that type of money right now as a running back. And and Raheem Mostert as good as he is and what he does specifically it's not a well-rounded enough role that he has to impact the 49ers in as many facets as he would need to to get, uh, you know, to have leverage in a situation like this.
2: Yeah, no, I, I I, completely agree with you. I don't have anything to really add there. So, uh, so we think choice, tough, to- tough choice by by most are here to to play his cards this way.
1: Brita went for a fifth round pick, right? Yeah. So yeah, if you're another team and Which you have a chance to get Raheem Mostert for a fifth round pick, I mean it's kind of a lot. Fifth round pick is a lot in a
2: trade. They traded Matt Breda for a fifth Wow. Man. Yeah. That's something. <laughs> that and just, that might yeah. I, like I knew that, but it just had like in the in the whirlwind of the draft where it's just like news and it's write a post and get it out. it just hadn't really sunk in that they got a fifth round pick for matt Breida. right that's pretty that's pretty if you can get two years of good production from an undrafted guy and then trade him for a mid-round pick
1: that's <laughs> that's right pretty and pretty you know round five is where george kittle was drafted and right. trey greenlaw and uh dj reed and trent taylor and colton mckivitz now so it's not it's not completely insignificant fifth round pick is is a pretty big deal yeah so i think it's a tough situation um but i i don't think fans should should be terribly worried about a um should be terribly worried about the running back situation i think the 49ers are going to turn out a good running game
2: yeah i don't i don't think that this is going to make or break their season regardless of what happens. All right. That's Good pod. That's yep. our That's our Raheem Mostert trade conversation. We're going to get back on a little bit more normal schedule uh, next week. We'll continue our position breakdowns. We'll get back to old rush. And uh, we'll start having some fun again as the NFL kind of slowly wades toward whatever version of a training camp preseason we're going to get. And I had fun on this one. On that front, we'll, uh, we'll make sure to have some pots about it. So that was our small manageable emergency pod. He's Chris. I'm Kyle. See you guys next time.
1: This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal.
2: takes everybody Messi has got it!
1: From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and he's-
0: Golden goal soccer stars and the moments
1: that made them premiering this summer on blue wire.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus.